welcome to the very first episode of Missing the Point, the podcast hosted by none other than me, Miles David. I am so ecstatic and happy and full of joy that um, if you are listening to this, you have actually gone out of your way amidst the pandemic at that to listen to my voice and hear what I have to say and uh, just join in on this journey with me, um, with this being the very first episode. Um, I have had to build up a lot of courage to do this, honestly. Um, it has been a long time coming from getting equipment to um, getting things together as far as uh, my podcast, artwork, and coming up with a name. Um, it's just been a gradual process, but I'm glad that I am here now. And I'm glad that if you're listening to this, you are choosing to join me in this journey. And I'm very appreciative of that. Um, in this first episode, I have a very, very good friend of mine, Brian Hudson. Him and I have chosen to dig a little deeper into the U.S. Open 2020. The U.S. Open 2020 starts Monday, August 31st. And uh, he and I have looked at the men's and women's draws and just talked about it a little bit, picked some interesting matches, some interesting storylines that we'll be looking out for um, during the two weeks. Um, it'll be interesting because one, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So <laughs> without, without saying that it should be interesting. And because of that pandemic, there will be no fans at this US Open for the first time. Um, so everyone is kind of anticipating what uh, could happen um, during the two weeks. So Brian and I uh, have a really strong affinity for tennis. We've gone to a tennis tournament together. We've traveled together. Matter of fact, we just came back from San Diego a couple of weeks ago. We both just needed a little release from 2020. Uh, we played tennis and did some sightseeing. So um, our natural banter is what you're going to get. Um, I do apologize in advance if there are any issues with the audio um, for a couple of reasons. One, this is my first time um, uploading a podcast, so please bear with me. Two, on top of being in a pandemic, I'm also in an area that has been affected by Hurricane Laura. If you're watching this and you've been affected by Hurricane Laura, my prayers are with you and your family. Um, I know personally how it feels to be affected by a hurricane. It is never fun. Um, so if you hear any kind of wind, rain, or just anything in the realm of audio that isn't perfect, uh, just please bear with me and know that I uh, have it in the back of my mind to keep on getting better with audio um, and recording. I can't think of a better way than to start a journey into a podcast in the very first podcast being a complete episode about the sport that I love, the sport that I've been following for decades at this point, or a little over a decade. I don't want to age myself too much, even though by most people's standards, I am young. Um, but I'm just really excited to get this thing off of the ground. I, again, appreciate the support. So without further ado, we are going to hop into Brian and I's interesting, funny, full of content conversation about the U.S. Open 2020. I really hope you enjoy. Brian, if you don't mind, um, you can just take a little bit of time to introduce yourself. Obviously, I know you, but the listeners <laughs> probably not. Or if they do, they probably have seen you on my Instagram because I have gotten a couple questions like, who's that? 
but you, know, <laughs> you can speak for Who yourself. Who said that? <laughs> Who said cool. that? Who had been saying that? <laughs> well, I'm definitely very excited to be joining the podcast. Uh, so my name is Brian Hudson. I'm from Los Angeles, born and raised here. I am 29 years old. Um, we, oh, what do I do? I do a lot of little things here and there. I have worked a lot in tech startups in LA uh, most recently, also working in education, um, doing college consulting as well. So a little bit of everything. Um, Everybody's and trying to make it work during this during this pandemic, right so. that is very very true i would say fondest memory with miles definitely would have to be indian wells 20 <laughs> what 2019 yes 2019 <laughs> could have been that 2020 was, but uh 2019 you broke my, you broke my uh, just, tennis tournament virginity or you helped break it so thank you yeah just fun driving down into the desert doing what two full days at mm-hmm. the BNP Paribas, um, just bouncing around from court to court and just nerding out like the tennis nerds that we are. So that was definitely a, a highlight for me. Definitely tennis nerds. And we were, I mean, to that <laughs> point about being tennis nerds, we were supposed to have a part two of Indian Wells in 2020. And I <sighs> pretty much remember where I was when the news came across that it was canceled and that pretty much started the trickle effect of the world turning completely upside down so indian yeah. wells was definitely the turning point it was literally five literally. days before was <laughs> we were supposed to be there <laughs> the week of <laughs> oh man i was just like so why are people not washing their hands in california and then <laughs> Fast forward to where we are now, it kind of makes it kind of makes more sense. But you know, I was just reading they right. canceled that tournament for one case in the desert. One. <laughs> yeah, it was not much of an outbreak in the the Riverside County or in the Indian Wells area at all. But I guess, I guess in hindsight, I guess it was smart because <laughs> look at where we are now. So I, I hindsight's twenty twenty for sure. Um, mm. They could have squeezed those little two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just for us. Just for us. Just they could have squeezed it in. Just for me. And they could have. Like, I am officially in, like, the tennis nerd <laughs> thing of things. That's all. <laughs> right. We could have got at least a couple rounds in. Round, maybe round two, round three. <laughs> well, speaking of round two and round three and all of that, we have come together to... Um, talk about the upcoming U.S. Open 2020, a.k.a. the COVID Open, a.k.a. <laughs> AKA how are they completely doing this? We have no idea. A.k.a. it might get canceled tomorrow because the world is just doing stuff like that. Um, but the draw mm, for the U.S. Open in New York was released today. We're recording this Thursday. August 27th. It was released at noon, um, New York time. Um, And ironically enough, the players are already in New York. Usually around this time, I mean, uh, pre-COVID pandemic, players would still be playing warm-ups or ending up warm-ups and either flying or driving to New York. But most of the players that are playing in New York are already there because the Western and Southern Open, aka Cincinnati, aka New Cincy, which is what they should have called it, because that would have been 
a much better hashtag than what they use is just Cincy Tennis. But anyway, those <laughs> players are there because the U.S. Open decided they wanted to create their own little bubble so that it could, uh, I guess, deter the amount of uh, positive tests they may have. So most of the players are, that are playing at the U.S. Open are there already. And um, the tennis tournament, um, the new Natty, or <laughs> Western and Southern Open, <laughs> is actually wrapping up um as we speak technically should be as we speak um but they took a pause um to kind of um take a break away from sport in recognition for what's going on in the world right now as far as social justice and black lives matter which i 100% agree with and i'm glad Naomi Osaka um if you don't know Naomi Osaka kind of was the top tier player that initiated that i mean the nba definitely is doing its thing now even though i think they're going forward with the rest of their season the NBA is not my strongest suit anymore but needless to say they're not playing today <laughs> <laughs> they're not playing today but they do intend to uh, finish up the tournament this weekend and the U.S. Open is set to start Monday August 31st so we are going to take you guys through the draws the men's and women's draws um, dissect them a little bit, give you a little bit of, of our predictions, and hopefully give you guys an idea of what to expect for the U.S. Open in the next two weeks, even though I don't think anybody that's actually playing the sport or organizing the event <laughs> has an idea of what to expect. This is just going to be um, a shit show. Well, that's what it looks like it's going to be, but pretty maybe, much maybe an entertaining shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I think all we can really do is just expect the unexpected at this point. We really just have no clue what's going to happen. You know, and speaking of, I feel like, yeah, Cincinnati, I feel like is a testament of that just to how, how many upsets there were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if they continue or we'll see if, you know, the, the seeds can kind of pull it together, but. Cincy alone has already been kind of wild, so we'll see how how it goes moving forward. Well, I mean, the seeds, like, fell early in that tournament, but if I'm looking at it, like, if I'm looking at the women's side, the last four players, those are all players that have been to, like, the semifinals and above of majors. Like, Azarenka, Osaka, Johanna Kanta, and Elise Mertens have all been to semifinals of majors or won one well victoria has won one and osaka has won they both won two so yeah those are experienced ish players i just don't know if that's going to be able to repeat itself in new york um, (laughs) in two weeks um what i was saying what i wanted to say is (laughs) (laughs) to prepare myself for what might be a wild two weeks of the u.s open do you know what i have playing on my television it's muted but do you know what i have playing on my television right in front of me it's from a, if I a had US. to guess, I'd say 2001 U.S. Open. No, that was final. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do do this. I usually do prep myself for the Grand Slams by watching prior Grand Slams, but I watched that one yesterday. <laughs> but today, I might have cheated a little bit. <laughs> you did. You did. Okay, we talked about it off air. Um, today, I have. <laughs> The 2015 Women's Final playing right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? You know, and Chris, to me. Chris Fowler, as soon as Vinci started to serve, he, he was like, get ready for, 
I'm trying to, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like the most odd women's final ever, or like the most, like the giant makers didn't, or press makers or whatever kind of verbiage he used did not expect right. it. And I think we're going to get, even though my, I don't, like, even I don't though my, think we can recreate, quite recreate that one, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only reason well one of the reasons I'm rewatching that is because I need to prepare myself for knock on wood, a Serena loss. And so we all know what Serena what happened to Serena in that tournament in twenty fifteen. So I'm like halfway preparing myself for that and halfway preparing myself for seeing people in the final that I don't really root for or just care about in general. But just Got it. Because the way tennis is going that's probably what's going to happen but anyway i think we have talked about <laughs> previewing it enough so do you want to start with the you know i think we should start with the men because they are okay. the most boring and <laughs> it's gonna be a pretty boring yeah. men's side probably yeah. you know before uh, before we go into who's actually playing we should probably start talk about who's not playing due to their reasons of COVID or um, I feel like a couple of them just used COVID as an excuse because it was right there, which I can't blame them. For um, <laughs> can't blame them at all. AKA Andrescu, Bianca Andrescu. Um, but there are a lot of top players, even if you aren't familiar with tennis or if you're an avid tennis player, a lot of the names that you know that are Googleable that, um, come across your ESPN ticker are not playing <laughs> and just rattling off a couple of them. The biggest names are Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer are playing. Um, mm-hmm. Roger isn't playing because of a knee surgery and he had vowed to not play the rest of the season anyway. So that's not really a shocker. Um, Rafael Nadal didn't feel comfortable coming to New York, AKA he wanted to prepare for the French open, which is those knees. Right. Gotta rest those, those knees. knees. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just doesn't want to get a random loss on his uh, on his uh, resume at the French Open later on when they play in September or when they're supposed to play in September. Um, like I mentioned, Bianca Andreescu, um, the actual defending finalist who beat Serena Williams in the finals in 2019, she pulled out due to um, concerns about COVID. The current Isn't she still injured too? You know. I think she's still she injured. She has been injured since October of 2019 with a knee injury. And I know knees right. are to play with, but she's also a fresh 2021. Um, <laughs> and by the time this tournament is over with, it's going to be damn near October. So that's like 12 months time of recovery. So if she is still dealing with the knee injury, it's either more serious than she is trying to lead on or She's, like I said, just using COVID as an excuse because she really just didn't want to come. But I mean, either way, the way they have the rankings set up because of COVID, she's not going to lose any points. She's right, not going to lose right. her ranking points. Her ranking is not going to drop if she were to lose in the first second round. So I wish, I, I mean, I think she is good for tennis. I like watching her play, but um, I would like her to get to the court as safely and as soon <laughs> as possible. <laughs> right. Um, Agreed. Also, the current world number one and uh, reigning French Open champion, uh, Ashley Barty, has pulled out due to concerns about COVID. And the reigning Wimbledon women's cha- singles champion who um, knocked up Serena that day. You know what happened on my birthday? I'm but I'm cringing. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave it alone. Still cringing. <laughs> because that happened on my birthday. And I feel the type Oof. of whatever, whatever. 
Moving on. Not, moving on. She's not playing. <laughs> she's not playing. Spitalina. Elena Spitalina is not playing. Her man, Gael Monfi, is not playing. <laughs> um, Belinda Benchik is not playing. She's a Swiss player, kind of up and comer, but she did make the semifinals on the women's side last year. Also, Stan Wawrinka is not playing um, the U.S. Open. Um, and I, on my notes here, I have Osaka as questionable just because of what she sparked as a conversation starter um, right. a couple of days ago on Twitter. She may just pull out of New York too. She's already there. So I don't, I mean, I mean, in general, every single person that's playing this tournament is questionable <laughs> because they have, they have, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rules and regulations set up to where if something were to happen, if somebody were to test positive in your camp, you're automatically out of the tournament. You have to withdraw and all that stuff. So everybody's questionable in a way that really hasn't been seen in tennis in a while. Um, So, but those are just the big names that are really not showing up. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't say, uh, Kiki, do you love me? You know, okay, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. And he's talking about you're talking about Kiki Burton's, who right, right. I really root for because one, she had a whole song <laughs> named after her. Um, she always gives. She's one of those players I like because she gives Serena a real good test, but don't beat her. Those are my favorite. right. Those are my favorite. Like I love, I love when you can test her, just don't actually beat her because then. I got to beat you, but you know, <laughs> um, but her, her cousin, I like to call it, um, Mertens, <laughs> is Elise Mertens from Belgium. She is playing. She's a top player. And she's actually, you know, we mentioned her earlier. She's still in the Western and Southern open that they're playing in New York right now. Um, and I actually have her going deep in the draw, possibly winning. It, we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Um, she can do it. <laughs> Uh, we will see. But anyway, uh, let's get back to the men. Um, Novak Djokovic is one of the top players that decided to play the tournament. And he is the number one seed, of course. And pretty much. <laughs> overwhelming have, favorite, can we say? <laughs> overwhelming favorite. It's his to lose. Basically. Would be mad if he lost it. Because um, <laughs> I'm not like a super fan. And he's just been doing some things during this COVID time, whether it's been organizing exhibition events that weren't safe or getting on Instagram and saying that if I drink Kool-Aid and just imagine it's water, that I'm going to feel better. Um, to Something to that effect. He's just been doing really strange stuff. And I've always thought he was kind of strange. But nonetheless, I can't, <laughs> I can't take away the fact that he is probably the most complete tennis player I've ever seen on the court. Um, can't debate that at all. Badly, and there's not too many players in the current draw or, or on the field that really give me the impression that they can beat him even on their best day. Cause he just takes a lot to beat. Um, Definitely. Um, sad, but true. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he is a number one C on the top half of the men's draw and on the top half or just in the men's draw in general, do you have any, you know what? I actually, before I say that I wanted to change up a term cause you know, everybody looks at draws and they're always like, Oh my God, that's, Pull out the popcorn and see what our popcorn matches are. <laughs> I particularly don't really care for popcorn unless I'm oh, okay. literally at a movie theater. Got it. Like, unless I'm literally at a movie theater with <laughs> the newest X-Men movie, I don't really eat popcorn. Instead, when I'm at home watching tennis matches, even though I try not to do this, 
in my mind if I wanted to be completely greedy. It would be Cheetos. So Cheetos, okay. Yes, we're gonna call we're gonna call the first round matches that everyone has their eyes on Cheeto matches or hot Cheeto matches because those would be I'm a fan matches. of hot Cheetos. Let's go with hot Cheetos. Hot Cheeto matches. What are your what are some <laughs> of your <laughs> what are some of your hot Cheeto first round matches that you saw in the draw? So starting with the top half, I have Johnson, Steve Johnson versus um John Isner. That's kind of a an interesting match. Obviously, it's always tough when two Americans, especially two friends, have to face off in the first round. I think Isner will get through it pretty easily just because Johnson hasn't been as you know his usual self recently. Um, but the big, big hot Cheeto match that I have is actually uh Mr. Riley Opelka versus Gofen. Um, I actually have that one too, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you noticed my face when you were talking about Isner, but it definitely was like, <laughs> because uh, Isner, I mean, I'm all for like, yay, yay, American tennis, only because I was born here. It didn't actually be born here, but I am born here. <laughs> and, and I it is what friend. it is. I, it is what it is, so I'm going to support <laughs> I'm going to support the American, but I will tell you that John Isner makes it very tough to support him. Um, like, even the other day, I mean, not to get into like Twitter antics, even though I am always on Twitter. <laughs> he t- like literally in the middle of this social justice climate and Black Lives Matter movement, Black Lives Matters movement that we're in. He just randomly tweets, well, how about that hockey game? No one gives a shit. And he did it I, I, like because he's done antics like that before. I knew he did it on purpose, or it seems like he did it on purpose, because no one cares. Like, no one cares. And he's not going to win the tournament, and he probably won't win, won't win that match, but whatever. But, but <laughs> <laughs> I did I did circle Riley Opelka and David. Go- Is it David or David? We're going to go with David. Yeah, I like that, David. Go for David, go it's, ca- it's kind of a tough, a tough first rounder. One, because Opelka, he's, what, nearly seven feet tall. Yeah. Huge serve, and he's playing really well actually right now. So he's always he was always going to be one of those dangerous floaters. And then David Goffin, he is number seven seed. Um, he's playing you know decently well right now. Always going to be tough to beat. It was kind of a shame that those two had to match up so early on. But I I kind of give the edge to Opelka in there just because of the serve, and he had a pretty good um, Western Southern Open. Um, he did some good, good wins there. But he withdrew against uh, Stefano Sissipas due to his knee. And That's true. That is true. He may be questionable for the entire tournament. And then I actually would go against you a little bit and give Gofan the edge just because although Opelka can serve you off the court and he doesn't have bad ground strokes, Gonfan can make him move and track down every single ball that he throws at him. And when you factor in the fact Fair. that he literally had his entire knee wrapped up like a day ago, and being seven foot tall, your knees are, I know from experience, I'm not seven foot tall, but <laughs> your knees are tender. Like them little things. Like, right. <laughs> and if you're playing against a player that's going to make you hit every ball times a trillion, after the first couple of second set, you might just be looking at, you know what, I'm I'm good. Expe- especially, and we haven't talked about, we haven't talked about this. So I, I should have brought it up. Especially in front of no fans. True. No fans. I mean, very true. A, a, an injury when you're playing by yourself can do a lot more damage on your mental health at the time 
compared right. to if you were around a whole bunch of screaming fans that are brooding for you because you're American. So kind of um, willing you on. We'll see how that goes. But what other uh, Hot Cheeto matches did you look at? Hot Cheeto, I got uh, <laughs> Alex Vera versus <sighs> Mr. Kevin Anderson. Another That's another really tall matchup. Mm-hmm. Anderson's coming back from injury. He had a, a so-so since he opened. I think he won his first round and then maybe lost his second round. But, but yeah, he took out he took out Edmund. Um, he's a, also a former U.S. Open um, finalist, <laughs> and I know that a lot of people they they tend to say if you have you know fond memories of a place, you tend to play better there and things like that. So he might you know be able to summon his his memories of old at at Flushing Meadows. But um, the fact that he's coming back from injury, I'm not going to expect too much Zverev you really just never know what you're going to get so I feel like that could go either way but I'll, I'll give the edge to Zverev just because you know he's healthy and he's you know he, he should be you know the more on form player for that match but you, it really could go either way what and about you Zverev just one? lost to Andy Murray who was playing with a metal hip and <laughs> like eight times in the last five minutes of the match so it was pretty bad. fair, very, very fair. <laughs> so, so it that. really could go. It really could go any either way for that one. Um, in the and bottom I really half, like him. sorry, I, this, <laughs> may this may change over time. I really just don't care for Zverev. Uh, he just screams entitlement from Germany, and I'm here <laughs> because my parents make a lot of money, and I want to make a lot of money too, and. I just, I don't see it for him. <laughs> it may change. It may change. And the fact that he's built up and down, like literally like a, a bean pole. I just don't see, <laughs> I just don't see it for him. Um, that may change I in the future. On the bottom half, I have a couple interesting matches, I'll call them. Um, first round with Francis Tiafo versus Seppi. I feel like Seppi's one of those guys who's just, he's just always dangerous and you just never know what Seppi's you're going to get. make him work. He's going to make him work for sure. Definitely. And one thing about Seppi is that he always seems to peak around the Grand Slams. Like, you never really hear his name too, too much, like, on the on the regular tour tournaments. But he tends to have, like, sparks here and there on the Grand Slams. And like you said, he's going to make Tiafa work for work for that win. Um, so hopefully he can pull that through. And Tiafa um, is, like, the worst player to draw for that scenario because Tiafa can pull in or put in – a complete tanker and Seppi's right. the kind of player that's just gonna be like, okay cool if you want to just play like a fool today great <laughs> I'm not gonna give you too much right I had two other um hot cheeto matches in the bottom the bottom half of the draw uh Roberto Bautista Agu aka RBA RBA, RBA. RBA. <laughs> he is the eight seed he got really unlucky. He's actually playing tennis Sangren um, in the Is first he unlucky? round. He's unlucky. Yeah. For, he's unlucky for more reasons than just playing him on the tennis court. <laughs> tennis Sangren, he's, I feel like he's another one of those players that he tends to peak at the Grand Slams. Um, he's made a couple quarters down in, in the Aussie Open. He's got big weapons, so he can play well. Um, he had a you know a decent Cincinnati Open, so. He's he's definitely dangerous. Um, and he and did the other one earlier this year at Australia right. should have should have won that match honestly. Right, 
Right. So he's definitely dangerous. Um, the oh, other yeah. one. Right. The other one that I have circled is uh, Silent K, as uh, Brad Tilford says, Hachinov versus Sinner. <laughs> Sinner, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's you know he's up and coming uh, Norwegian player. He had a, I think he had a pretty decent. Sinner's from Norwegian, Norway, Nor- or is it Norwegian? Norway. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he is not from Norway. Nor- Let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's Norway. I, I think it's Norway. I thought he practiced in Italy. Let I could have sworn he's an Italian. You know what? <laughs> I got the draw right here on my. You eye. are totally right. It <laughs> is Italy. <laughs> you know what that? You know what that proves to me that you have been too many places across the. Too globe. many places. Oh, it was rude. Rude is from Norway, <laughs> and I don't know why I was confusing the two, but um. Yeah, Sinner versus Hatchinov, um, that could be a, an interesting one. That could, you know, might be a five-set match. Who knows? They're both, you know, pretty good players. Um, but those were all the, the hot Cheeto ones that I kind of saw. Did you see any other ones as you were making your way around the draw? <laughs> Actually, you got all the ones that I would have mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got all the ones that I had written down, um, except um, – Bublik and Edmund. Okay. Uh, I just like the way Edmund plays and I kind of root for him because is he is he considered a, um a redhead? Is he I, redhead slash strawberry blonde? You know something. that's different to <laughs> different to see. And I like his forehand. And I just for some reason I don't know why I find myself rooting for him. Um and then gotcha. Bublik is one of those players, like if you just type his name in on YouTube. He, he's always doing some kind of like interesting shot or like int- like trick shot. So I think that might be an entertaining match, but no one's going to be able to watch it in person. <laughs> Outside of, I guess, the round one matches, were there any yep. like potential round two or round threes that were kind of sparked, sparked an interest for you? Yep. I've definitely circled uh, FAA <laughs> versus Andy Murray. I saw that one game. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one should be interesting. Um, I feel like Murray will definitely have the edge as far as playing best sure. three out of five considering, you know, Felix, he's still really young. He hasn't played many Grand Slam matches at all. Um, so just being able to tough it out three out of five, we'll, we'll see how that one could go. Because um, like they always say, it's always tough to beat the, the legends or the top guys three out of five just because you have to consistently mm-hmm. be on your A game for multiple sets, not just, you know, two out of three. So that one could be interesting. Uh, which other ones did you? Did you and I'm rooting for FAA because Black. And that's, right. that's pretty much what it boils down to because black. I mean, I don't right. dislike Andy Murray, and I really am actually very happy that he has made a comeback and is starting to put matches together in his story. Right. It's interesting. Sometimes he can be a little bit of a brat on the court. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm rooting for FAA to kind of make a breakthrough this tournament. It'll be hard. Hopefully. It'll be Hopefully. hard because of the draw he has, especially that, that match. But right. I'm rooting for everybody black. <laughs> betting on black <laughs> we're betting on black it, it, it always works it, it really always works i think that about covers the initial matchups in the men's draw the rest of those matches like i said this is a very interesting tournament a lot of things are probably going to be happening that we haven't 
we aren't expecting or aren't right. to like the automatic line calling, which, you know, if they had a job for that, like if they had a job opening for that, I definitely would do it. They just, they just scream out. And it's, it's just firm. Right. You know, the ball is out and then Serena can't argue it. So it, it's, <laughs> I, I like it. I like right. it. But as far as the men goes, who do you feel? Oh, well, I guess to get people context, um, I like to pick quarterfinalists of a draw so that's eight spots because it just puts so much pressure on somebody if you ask who do you think is going to win it that's just one person right. out of 128 people which you know of course i'm going to say like rafael nadal or serena because those are two of my faves if you didn't know this, this is a serena williams and a sub bar venus williams stan account or stan <laughs> um, and rafael nadal stan podcast but it's just hard to say out of the gate, especially right now with the fact that a lot of these players have had no more than three or four, maybe five matches over the course of six months. So if I, if I do that math for myself, I would be rusty. So I can only imagine what, you know, <laughs> what, what, what they're going through. So um, the funny thing is though, is that with this tournament, I think more so than any other tournament, it probably would be really easy to pick a winner. Well, for the men at least just because, Djokovic does yep. not have a Federer. He doesn't have an Adal. He doesn't have, you know, the people who, you know, historically have given him the most trouble. And, like, you know, so I feel like, feel like it would be pretty easy just to pencil him in, give him the trophy right now. But as you, as they say, it's, you still have to play the matches. And, well, at the top, I've got to start with Novak. Um it's funny, we were talking about Opelka earlier. I actually had him as my dark horse at the start of the Cincy turn. I'll go ahead and flip him out for Gofan, just considering that injury. So I have Djokovic, Gofan. Then below there, I have Tsitsipas uh, versus and Diego Schwartzman. Give me, give me your top eight one more time. I think we just were having some technical difficulties because that's the way the world works and of course we have technical difficulties <laughs> have to record a podcast <laughs> um so give me your top eight one more time all righty all righty novak Djokovic, uh david gofan stefanos Tsitsipas, diego schwartzman mateo berrettini daniel medvedev milos raunich and felix ajay alessi and if you had to pick a winner Novak Djokovic, hands down, <laughs> he will be getting his 18th major. <laughs> <sighs> so sad. What about you? What what eight um, do you have on your list? For your My eight. List? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Djokovic out of it because he's already in it. So I'm just gonna say seven. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about him, but I uh, looking at the draw, I have Taylor Fritz making a quarterfinal. I think he's in a really good okay. spot to draw to make some noise, especially considering there's not going to be a crowd. It's going to be his camp. I think he looks to his camp for like a lot of his uh, support and uh, kind of like his fire. Um, but okay. that's just me going out on a limb and trying to get an American to play well at the U.S. Open. Um, Taylor Fritz, Sitsi Pass, Diego Schwartzman. I think he's in a really mm -hmm. good part of the draw. 
Um, this other quarterfinalist, I am not sure if I want uh, Berrettini. We didn't talk about him. Um, right. What is Berrettini's first name? Matteo. Matteo. That I I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really. I'm, if I ever get a dog, I might name him Matteo. 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 Or Ber- Matteo Berrettini or Andre Rublev. I don't know which one of those. They're in the same uh, section, section to get to that that quarterfinalist spot. So I'm not sure which one of them are going to do it. But I do think one of them are. And it may I may be completely wrong, but that's what I'm. Rublev's always tricky for sure. He's had some really big wins over top players, but he just looks so shaky at the Cincy Open. Didn't he lose like first round or something? But not to say that's like the end all be all. But he didn't he didn't look so good in, in the post-COVID comeback. So we'll see if he can bounce back to open now. I hope. Well, I mean, I like the way he plays, and he started off the season so well. So maybe he's mm-hmm. just having a little bit of, like, a letdown. Like, dang, I started so well, in comes this pandemic. But we're going to see how he <laughs> plays. Um, I also have Medvedev making a spot. And then uh, Daniel Medvedev, who played the – pretty much epic i think it'll be considered epic um once more time passes against rafael nadal last year in the women's <laughs> final in the women's final look at me in the men's final um right that was pretty wild yeah it was and i watched that like live not there but i watched it on television live and it really was a good match and made me um kind of sit up and take notice of him more than i than i had um i also have milos Raonic who, by the way, has taken a lot of flack online for (laughs) um, putting on the pandemic pounds like everybody else has. Um, He's never been a stick figure. He's never been a Zverev. He's always had massive calves. I think he just might have been a a hamburger helper or two. That's all. (laughs) Which I can't blame him for. It's been hard the past couple He still has those, he still has that serve though. So I think that'll pull him through. He still has that serve and he still has those calves that I'm, that I really want. Um, (laughs) And he uh, supposedly has not cut his hair since the Australian Open. Which I He looks better than I ever thought he (laughs) would. That's what makes him look different. He's used to, I'm used to that slicked, Right. part that he always wears. Um, Perfectly quaffed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then also I have, we haven't talked about him either. He's playing um, he's playing the draw. I don't really too much care for him personally. I do like the style of game he plays, but I'm talking about Dominic team. Um, Mm. I think he's on the bottom. He's the number two seed, isn't he? Number two seed. Yeah, and, and he's played some great matches at the Open in the past too. He um, has. He's had some heartbreakers at the Open, but he's also yeah. played about thirty-five trillion exhibition matches during. He the has. Season. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that's going to factor in um, to his play the next two weeks, and he just got crushed at the uh, Western and Southern Open this week. Like he lost one and two. So, say crushed is putting it lightly. It was just yeah. Like he got complete. his ass. Sorry, y'all. He got <laughs> Everybody's been there. He may have just had an off day. Just didn't wake up feeling fresh, but he got his ass beat. Um, right. But I do have him making the the quarters and possibly going all the way to the finals. I am not going to pick a winner because it's probably going to be Novak Djokovic, and I'm probably not even going to watch the match. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm <gonna> watch it. <laughs> um, but I think we have talked about the men 
enough because I said they were boring and I really had to make myself talk about them. And the only reason they're relevant <laughs> is because the pandemic happened. And right. put a little spice on an ordinarily really, really boring men's side of Tennessee. <laughs> we're going to move on. So, on to the WTA. The WTA, watching tennis anxiously. That's what it is. <laughs> Always. Watching tennis anxiously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned some of the women that, that are not going to be here earlier, um, but some of the women that are um, committed or planning to play in New York next week are Serena Williams, who is going for her 24th Grand Slam uh, to equal some sort of record they pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not, out of, it's not out of nowhere, but it's just a very tenuous record. Um, I think that's part of the reason she's still playing. Um, and I think a lot of Serena's overall I don't want to say issues or problems, but then again, if you lose four straight finals in Grand Slams, you may have some issues or problems. Um, right. It, it, it's wrapped up in in her mind, but needless to say, I'm going off on a tangent. She is playing. I think she has a decent draw. Um, my heart. It's pretty good. Yeah, my heart is picking her to go all the way just because I pick her to win every tournament, and she's the reason I started watching tennis. So it's it's. I'm connected to wanting to see her win trophies. <laughs> um, but I realistically, <laughs> realistically, the way that she's played since the tour has kind of opened back up a little bit, I'm not convinced that she can play okay. seven matches, um, best of three sets, and, and come out on the winning side seven times in a row. I'm not 100% convinced of that. She's going to yeah. be 39 by the time the tournament or, or – and September 26th is her birthday, I'm pretty sure. Why do I know that? Why is that filed in the back <laughs> of my head? Um, um, she's, she's approaching 39, and that's not traditional, quote-unquote, tennis, like, peak year. So if she doesn't win it, I won't be completely crushed. If she does win it, I'll be ecstatic. Um, but she, nonetheless, she is playing in the draw. Um, right. Also, Venus is uh, committed to playing. She has had a lot of time in the offseason to – um, wear her best bayangs um, during this pandemic. Um, <laughs> if, if, you don't know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I suggest you go to Vogue's YouTube channel and see how she prepares her skin because um, she is rocking a very interesting <laughs> bayang. Um, <laughs> she uh, is playing, she's playing in the tournament. Uh, she's had an interesting run up to the tournament she's won uh has she won more than one match she just beat azarenka in lexington kentucky i know we didn't talk about that but she beat i think it was azarenka. just that match yep, yep. <laughs> yeah 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 um but i'm gonna be rooting she, for her regardless i'm gonna be rooting yes yeah, she's definitely yeah. had really tough draws recently and she doesn't have an easy one this this time around either she does not uh, Carolina Muhova from the Czech Republic, who is seated number 20. Um, Correct. Who doesn't really have a lot of experience, but what she does have is a fresh pair of legs and <laughs> eagerness, eagerness to go out there and kind of prove herself in the tennis 
in the tennis world, which is what happens to Venus a lot because she's such a legend in the game. A lot of these girls are like, she's 40 years old. I respect her as an opponent and what she's done for the sport and what she's accomplished. But I'm 21 and I can be out here all day. So I'm going to make her be out here all day until she's like, you know what? (laughs) You can have it. And that's kind of been the formula the past couple of years. Love Venus, but that is just, that's just is what it is. Um, So those two are definitely going to be showing up in New York. I think um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens um, in the Williams camp. But outside of the Williams, because I know you also stand the Williams. This is, like I said, this of is a Williams, a Williams stand podcast. What uh, hot Cheeto matches did you see from the women? <laughs> there are quite a few. <laughs> I definitely have to call out uh, Coco Golf Sevastova. Speaking of people who just tend to play well at the U.S. Open, you've got right. to put Sevastova in there. She seems to always just play her best. Her Best tennis at Flushing Meadows, so which is weird. That'll be an interesting one. Which is, is weird because she retired at one point at a young age due to like some lingering injuries and came back, and all of a sudden, New York is like her hub. Of, of oh, race. I had no clue she retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she retired. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Coco Sevasova. That should be a, a very interesting match. Um, obviously, Coco. She's tends to play very well at the, at the biggest stages as well. She, even though she is so young, she tends to like draw off the crowd a lot too. So it'd be interesting seeing her play in an empty crowd where she can't really get pumped up and energized by, you know, the, the fans and, and the crowds, you know, pumping her up for sure. Um, I had circled uh, Danielle Collins and Consummate. Oh my God. <laughs> I know you have strong opinions. So I'll let you take it away on that matchup. I feel like <laughs> when I saw that, because I mean, in all honesty, I was looking at the draws like, okay, this isn't terrible for some of my faves. Like, then I saw that matchup, and it's still not the worst thing in the world. Like, Contevi could have drawn Coco Golf. Then I really would have been sitting here like, really? Um, but she didn't. She drew Danielle Collins, who is probably one of the <laughs> least liked women USA players right now because of what she did um, in world team tennis. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. She basically was like, F y'all and y'all COVID practices and rules. I'm going to do what I want. And she got kicked off of the world team tennis um, group she was a part of this summer. Um, but needless to say, she still can play good tennis. She's beaten Venus Williams before. Um, and she's made the semifinals of the Australian Open. So she's a good player. However, I just like Contavit. I really do. She's from Estonia, where, for, like, where no one is from. Um, she is cute. Right. She takes really, really nice Instagram pictures. And I'm talking about everything else besides her. <laughs> <laughs> she, I, I like the way she plays. I just, she, she kind of gets out there and gets it done. She's really level-headed. Mm-hmm. You really can't tell if she's winning or losing. The, like I like her style of baseline play with a little bit more, a little bit extra to it, and her grunts are really mm-hmm. like they're grunty, but they're not annoyingly <laughs> grunty. So I just I, I rock with her. I just I don't I just always have since I've seen her play. I think the first time I've seen her play was actually at the U.S. Open in 2015 against Venus. Venus beat her pretty handedly, but something about that match I was mm. like this girl's gonna be a little something something. So 
we shall see if she's going to be a little something something at this tournament but that is a tough opening round um i i'm gonna favor uh contavit just based on form because quiet as it's kept Agreed. she has already made a final of the of a tournament a smaller tournament in palermo italy um the first tournament back from the covid break she made the final of that tournament she didn't win it but she still has been stringing matches together impressively um so i think she's gonna if she gets past that match it should give her confidence to do pretty well the rest of the tournament what else uh what other um hot cheeto matches did you see on the women's side for the first round um well we kind of mentioned it already but Venus Ebony Star Williams Ebony versus Star. <laughs> Ebony Star uh, versus Mukhova. Um Like you said, she did not like a wouldn't put her in the the big babe tennis category. She's not going to blow you off the court, but she is a steady player. She's the twentieth seed um, at the U.S. Open, so it'll be Venus will definitely have to play her A game. One thing, if you guys have not seen Venus play post post reopening, um, she has actually developed a new serve, like serving motion. She's kind of more of a a, a gap in her stance, if you want to say, um, and a little more flowy as well. Less of less of a hitch in there, and it seems to have been working. It seems to have been working pretty well. I don't know um, where she's. That, I don't know where <laughs> that bug that she got to fix that serve. I don't know where that bug was, <laughs> but I'm gonna let her. I'm gonna let her have it. That bug should have been in her ear ten years ago, but whatever. I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that'll definitely be be a tough matchup there. Um, another one, um, definitely. I would probably say lesser known players, but we definitely want to highlight Miss um, Sasha Vickery versus Taylor Townsend. Yep, because we're rooting for everybody black. That's gonna. It's definitely sad that. Uh, you know, Sasha Vickery and, and Taylor Townsend have to play first round. Um, but there is a guarantee we will have an American. Um, a black American. A black American. We gotta gotta put that in there. Uh in the second round. So that's that's one thing that'll that'll be nice. For Townsend, it'll it'll be interesting to see if she can kind of, you know, recapture the form she had at the US Open last year. Uh, taking out Simona Halep. That was a very epic match. I remember watching that one. I was actually in New York um, for that match. I was not at the Open that day, but I remember just following it around as I was just bouncing around the city. Um, and that was kind of a, a crazy one. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Were there any other first-rounders that you kind of had circled or got your eye on? Can I just name them off real quick because <laughs> there's so many of course there are, there are quite a few <laughs> the the first i think this is the top half yeah the top half of the draw um kerber tom Janovich. i'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure how kerber is playing this tournament because she has not played anything of any of the lead-ups coming i don't think she's played any of the lead-ups um to this tournament and there's right. supposed to be some kind of bubble i guess she is going to be popping the bubble um, <laughs> she will be bursting that bubble. Hopefully, she pops the bubble and then pops her ass right out of the tournament because <laughs> I don't really care for her. Um, I don't think Tom Janovich. I take that back. I think Tom Janovich can beat her. It's just going to take a performance um, that she doesn't ordinarily bring. And Tom Janovich is not a bad player. Like she's she's hovering right. around like the top fifty, top forty. 
um, and can beat pretty much anybody below her. But people above her is where she kind of struggles. We'll we'll see because Kerber might just be out of sync because of the break. Um, anyway, Could be. I also have uh, Jasmine Paolini who is representing for the Italian um, sisters um, versus. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean by sisters? Uh, uh, Jasmine <laughs> versus Caroline Garcia. I think that'll be interesting. Um, we mentioned Contavi versus Collins. We didn't mention another Black, rooting for everybody, Black American, Haley Baptiste versus Haley Baptiste. Kiki Mladenovic from France. Um, I also have uh, another American. She's not Black, but I do think I like the way she plays. Even though her playing tennis. Seems, <laughs> I know you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, her playing tennis seems odd considering what we just learned about her father being a complete millionaire or or no, not millionaire. Billion- <laughs> yeah, a billionaire. Um, <laughs> I told my friend she must really love tennis because I know if if I was a billionaire, I don't know if I could have the muster you the strength to go out and battle and day in and day out pay me. you literally if if my daddy was a billionaire you literally would have to pay me to go play which you can because you're a billionaire but right you know she plays uh she plays buskova buskova who, who had a really she's actually been putting in some really good results and she was in mm-hmm. the final of a smaller tournament before things got shut down in mexico and she's also taken a set off of Serena Williams in uh, uh, Toronto last year when I was actually in Toronto. It was funny because I was watching that match <laughs> um, on TV in Toronto. Um, she definitely seems to love the hard courts for sure. She had a really, really strong summer last year. And then even this year, I think she took out, she upset Kvitova, right? In the battle of the Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, she just beat Kvitova. But Kvitova yeah. doesn't really play well around this time of the year anyway um i would be surprised if she makes a good run because she doesn't typically play her best in new york and i don't think it may change because there's no there's no fans and conditions are different but it may change um we we mentioned and they are saying that the courts are playing very very fast which will definitely benefit her so we'll see they are i think they i think they are playing quicker um Another sister, another Black American, rooting for everybody Black, Robin Montgomery plays uh, Yulia Putinseva. Um, I don't know if that would necessarily all the way be considered a um, hot Cheeto match because um, <laughs> I don't really know much about how Robin Montgomery's game is set up, but I do know that she's Black and she's left-handed and she got me right there. That's all you had to say. <laughs> say no. Say less. Say, say less. Say less at this say point. Less. Say less. <laughs> Who we haven't talked about, um, which I really don't want to see more of her, and I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, well, wait, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Really? You don't. You're, we you're, don't. I I could I. We've seen oh, enough of her. We have oh. seen enough of her. <laughs> Kim I think I know who you're going to say. Kim Clysters. No, I love I, I, I thought you were going to say someone else. But I don't dislike I Kim. Kim Clysters. I really don't dislike her. I, I think that she is an amazing player. She literally, correct me if I'm wrong, she's already in the Hall of Fame, right? I don't know, actually. She, I, I think I you're right, say, but I don't know I for sure. I want to say that she's already in the, I mean, some. if you are listening to this, 
and you know anything about Kim Clashers or tennis, please let me know in the comments of wherever I post this. Um, <laughs> if she's already in the Hall of Fame, I feel like she already is, which is another reason why I just cannot understand why she is coming back to tennis on top of having three or four kids, on top of already having <laughs> one, four grand slams, she's coming back to tennis again to make another comeback. And I just don't understand why. She would make a great commentator. She, she, she makes a wonderful mom. I'm sure she makes a mean pasta salad. I don't understand why she's not doing that kind of stuff. But she wants to come back and play tennis. I just, I don't get it. I don't you actually it. are. I looked it up. She was inducted in 2017. Yep. So she is a full three years into the into the Hall of Fame. And and coming she's back like, to play with seventeen year olds, it don't make sense. It don't, <laughs> it don't make sense, and I would love for somebody to make it make sense to me. Um, for potential hot Cheeto matches, I had one circled. If she were to get through her first couple of rounds, there could be a Belgian clash in the third round between Mertens and Kleisters, which is interesting because Mertens is actually trains <laughs> she actually trains at the Kim Kleisters Academy in Belgium. And Kleisters has um, been in her box before. Like I specifically exactly. remember, I don't want to see that. Exactly. I, I do not want to see that. I think it'll be fun having nope. a, a nice little Belgian generational I clash. Tickets. I wouldn't buy tickets. <laughs> I would walk past the court. I'd be like, you know what, Kim, you literally have accomplished enough it is it, you are good you are good sis i promise you you're good um but, but on played, a serious note on a serious note she did play world team tennis and i believe she went undefeated in i mean granted mind you <laughs> as they say mind you she did all world team tennis is just best to five so that is a huge difference it's not best two out of three sets so I mean, if you're playing best of five, I mean, I could can give away five games. Five. I mean, <laughs> I mean I so, <laughs> but she did have wins over several Grand Slam champions. She beat, I mean, she beat Sloan, she beat Kennan, she beat Jim Brady. I believe she beat Jim Brady. Some other, like, really, you know, hot players at the moment. Um, so, I mean, it, it wasn't just a, a whoopsie-daisy moment. Like, she consistently was beating <laughs> – people who are who are you know at the top of the game so i i i'll put it this way she she's not going to come back just just to be playing around like she's she's going out there because she thinks she has a chance to win one thing that i will say though is that she did have to pull out of the cincinnati open for injury so we're not getting the hundred percent clashes even the clashes that we saw in world team tennis so hopefully she's made a a full recovery because i think um I think she's great for the game. I think she has a fun, <laughs> nice personality. Um, so I, I'd, I would definitely like to see that. But outside of that, were there any other? Hashtag um, that mama needs to stay at home. <laughs> because I'm over. Not this mama. That, this mama. You're, you're making that, that mama. mama. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, I, I, it, it might come across as hating. I promise it's not hating because I actually do think that she is more than capable of being a, uh, she is a wonderful tennis player, but I just, I'm, right. I've seen it. I've seen it already. <laughs> seen it. <laughs> um, wraps up the hot Cheeto matches. So give me your quarterfinalists on the women's draw. I'm ready to, to hear this interesting, these interesting lists of names. So on to the quarterfinals, as you said, um, I had a really tough time 
with the top two spots, the top two quarterfinalists, just because I feel like that, in general, the top half, I feel like, is a little more open. <laughs> I that, and I just looked at my notes, and I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, one match that could be interesting would be Jen Brady versus Pushkova. Whoever wins that match, I have I have being the, the quarterfinalist at the top. I feel like if Pushkova is on fire and is like motivated, she could easily win the, the whole tournament. She's the number easily. one seed. We didn't say that. She's the number exactly. one seed. She is the number one seed, and she always kind of just gets overlooked at every single tournament mm-hmm. just because like she hasn't put it together yet. But it only takes one time for it to be your first time to – you know, put it all together. So she obviously has the game to win her first title. She didn't look good but in, in, in the warm-up tournament, though. She didn't look True. Good. She did I'm lose first. Game. Yeah. So, like, it's not looking great. I actually have Jim Brady as a first-time quarterfinalist as a, at, at a major. So Same. I have her, Jim Brady. Interestingly, I have uh, Yulia Putinseva. And then... <laughs> Uh, Naomi Osaka, Petra Kvitova. I got a Maddie Key, Serena Williams matchup. I know you lying. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Johanna Kanta and Elise Mertens for my How last. How did you look at that draw and put so much weight on Madison Keys to get to the quarterfinals? You know what? <laughs> With WTA, you really – it's – it's anyone's guess. And that's one thing that, that we've come it's to see. No, it's no shade to Keys because the girl can blast anybody off the court. She's great. She, she strikes me as one of the – I mean, and her, her, her record has shown it. She just can't turn it on and turn it off, kind of like Serena can. And the way she played mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, I don't think she's going to be able to go from that to getting to, cause, to winning four matches in a row. I just I, – I can't, I can't <laughs> fathom it. I, I can't fathom it. But I mean, she can it's she can do it. Points. But it's just not realistic to me. But that's those quarterfinalists. <laughs> All right, let's let's hear your your top eight. All right, so from top to bottom, I got Jennifer Brady, and I'm just mm-hmm. I, I went on a, I went on a limb because I like the way she plays. We haven't talked about her much. She won mm-hmm. um, the lead up tournament in Lexington, Kentucky, right next to the. Um, I don't want to call it an old folks home, but the tournament really was <laughs> right next the apartment complexes <laughs> and dumpster trucks in the background. But you know, they they put it together and she won that tournament. Um, and the lawnmowers going the- <laughs> going in between first and second serve. <laughs> yeah, that tournament had a lot going on. Um but I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her a breakthrough because I think she has beat a lot of good players. Um Pre-pandemic and and mid-pandemic, she has uh, put some good wins together. Um, So Jen Brady, I literally wrote down no idea for the next quarter because let me let me pull this up because it's wide open, literally wide open. Like I'm trying to see if I can name some of the players that are so from the from that section, the name of players that could possibly get to that tournament. The highest seed is Von Drusova. No, the highest seed is actually Petra. The, the Petra Martic. Petra Martic. If Petra Martic and Marketa Von Drusova are your highest seeds in a second, 
that spells, and it is no shade to those players, but those players right. have proved that they are bankable. Right. They see it that highly for a reason. Yeah, I literally don't know who can come out of that section and get to the quarterfinals. I literally have no idea. So I'm leaving it up to God, and he can work his magic on that one. Um, <laughs> the next quarterfinals I have is Contavit because um, – I feel like she's one of the hottest players right now. She got a bad first round. If she gets through that, then I think we might be looking at her. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody is going to be able to like technically make a breakthrough on the ranking side because you can only gain, you can't lose points. Right. So that, that that puts a a, a knock on things as far as people moving around in the rankings. Um, But I do have Contavit in the quarterfinals. I put a possibly next to this, but I do have Rabakina in the quarterfinals. Um, I have a lefty in the quarterfinals. I have Jill Teichman. She uh, Jill was, Teichman. She's the runner-up to Jen Brady at that tournament in Lexington, Lexington Kentucky. Um, a lot of people. She say, actually plays Key's first round. No, she doesn't. I mean, second a p- potential second round. Right. Exactly. Key, she gonna get Keys up out of here. Um, but, but I'm, I, I'm rooting for everybody black, but I subconsciously root for lefties a little bit more. Um, and she, she just, she has a lot of swagger about her. You, you gotta, I, she's not a well-known name yet, but as for right. us being tennis nerds, I have paid attention to her for a little minute and she, she mm-hmm. got swagger. She is not going to just walk out there and be like, oh, I'm playing Madison Keys and just not try. So I think she is going to make her first quarterfinal of a major um, I have Serena Williams as a quarterfinalist, but that was purely a heart choice. And I think she may make it there. Lord, please let her make it there. Cause if she doesn't, oh my God, <laughs> I can already hear the, the Serena army on Twitter. Um, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but I, do, I, I have written her into my draw as a quarterfinalist. Um, another player. And I did say that there were two women that I know that uh, play with the Prince Racket. The second one is my quarterfinalist. We're going to go with Iga Swiatek. She Swiatek. is, she is uh, holding down the Polish flag since Red Rock is retired, <laughs> thank God. Um, but she uses the Prince Racket, and we're going to see how far she goes. And I will definitely not be ashamed if she loses first round because I'm still going to back her. <laughs> but she is in the quarterfinals. She actually has a very tough first round match. She drew a seed, uh, Kudamertova. Kudamertova actually just beat Pliskova in, in exactly uh, at the Western and Southern. But Kudamertova also played a less than seasoned Pliskova. Um, Kudamertova <laughs> also is not somebody that I don't think that she can't take out. So I'm going to go with Iga Swiatek um, as a quarterfinal, okay. and then. I know you. We talked about Kiki. Do you love me not being in the in the draw? But we do. We don't have Burtons, but we do have Mertens. We do. We got Mertens, and Mert the flirt might just surprise us all and come away with that she title might. because Mert she the flirt might. is in Cincinnati right now, preparing to play in the semifinals of the Western and Southern Open and New York. Right. And if she keeps it up, she. Does not look like she gets tired easily. She's fit. Mm-mm. She doesn't have any huge, huge weaknesses in her game. She may not be the most in- dynamic or entertaining player to watch, but she has game. Like we mentioned she's earlier, she's, she was uh, 
I guess, brought up or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? She, she was mentored by Kim Kleisters. Um, right. She's my quarterfinalist and she is a slight pick to walk away with the title. I know she's never gotten to a final before, but that's nothing new on the WDA side. So um, <laughs> that seems to be the norm these days. <laughs> and we honestly, all of the names that we mentioned, there still could be someone we haven't mentioned that gets through and wins that title, which is crazy. Very true. It's the, the complete opposite of the ATP, but uh, mm-hmm. it literally could be anyone. I would be shocked if Djokovic is not in the final. Shocked. Yeah. I know I just. Yeah, something, it, something drastic would have to happen for, for that to be the case. Uh, in it's my 2020. Opinion. It is 2020, and it's <laughs> happening every time you look up. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am overall just excited to be able to say, because al- although I did shade the U.S. Open for even attempting to try to have this tournament, I think it is good for the sport um, in a way to show that there is some resiliency. And furthermore, tennis is literally built for social distancing. So we should be right. able to move forward and there should be able to, they should be able to pull the tournament off. I mean, it's going to definitely be hard, and there may be some some mid-tournament withdrawals for a whole bunch of reasons. But um, I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I am uh, crossing my fingers that Serena can get 24. But how ironic would it be if Serena wins 24 in front of nobody? That would be pretty ironic. That would be kind of, I mean, I'd be happy that she had it, but it's kind of very That's not even the worst part of it. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's not the worst part of it. She would have to put on gloves and a mask during this. (laughs) I don't want to see Serena with a mask and gloves on holding the trophy. I just don't. I don't. I mean, I would would get past it if she won, but in my mind, that's not what I want to see. So, Well, technically, would she not have to since they're in a bubble? (laughs) <laughs> they definitely so I guess all put the... a mask on. They, de- I mean, she would want to put one on. You know, she, you know, my lungs are not up to full. Capacity. That's true. That's true. Definitely gonna have gloves <laughs> and a mask on if she wins that trophy. <laughs> so it's just, it's just gonna be interesting. I'm interested to see what names I'm going to have to Google during this tournament because they've beat everybody that I thought they weren't going to beat. So. <laughs> This is going to be probably the most interesting Grand Slam. Um, it's the it's the first U.S. Open of the new decade, so I guess it's only right. I guess I don't I don't know, but it's it's going to be yeah. something I can wait to watch. I've already got my ESPN Plus and my YouTube TV <laughs> line ready ready um, because I have missed watching tennis the past six months. I honestly, I have. Um, but I think that about wraps up our preview and review and pick in and all that stuff of the U S <laughs> open 2020 COVID draw. Um, is there anything else you wanted to leave the audience with Mr. Brian? I think that was it. I kind of just, you know, echo all your sentiments. It's kind of, it's exciting for one, just to be able to see a grand slam again. It's been, you know, since January, Australian open, um, pre-COVID times since we, we've been able to to have that and enjoy that. So 
it'll definitely be interesting to see how it goes, how how it'll be without the fans, and if it'll even just have that same vibe, and you know, if they're able to somewhat try to to replicate it, you know, the the overall experience. But all in all, I'm excited. Hopefully, everything goes well, um, and we'll we'll see how it goes. We are gonna see in two weeks what COVID uh, major tennis looks like. And I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for this pandemic to end one day. But until that day, um, thank you for joining me on literally the first edition of <laughs> um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I was excited no, to do it. You, Thank you. It's definitely been a pleasure, and I'm sure you'll be back on because um, me and Brian talk about tennis all the time. <laughs> and Roland Garros is right around literally right around the corner <laughs> literally I'm yes ladies and gentlemen the French Open that is traditionally in May or June May pushed back to September or October um and I'm pretty sure I'll be doing an episode about that too later on in the future but for right now um we are going to wrap it up again thank you Brian for joining me and giving me your wonderful commentary and I will of course next time have fun out there in sunny california (laughs) will do all right guys if you are still listening i very much so appreciate it i know me and brian can rattle off um a lot (laughs) when it comes to tennis because we both love this sport like i've said and i am so thrilled to see what is going to be happening at the u.s open this is my first time watching with the eye of someone that has a podcast. So I'm excited to kind of give you guys maybe a sneak peek, like mid week, like middle weekend of the U S open to see what's going on and keep you guys updated. If you are a tennis fan and ultimately bring you like a, um, ultimately bring you a recap of the U S open and hopefully a couple of my faves do well, if not win, I'm crossing my fingers because 2020 for me has been interesting as I'm sure it has been for a lot of other people. So a little glimpse of victory would be nice. (laughs) On another note though, I want to put it out that missing the point is not going to solely focus on tennis, although tennis is a pretty big part of my life and something I do enjoy talking about and reporting on. I enjoy talking and reporting on other different things, uh, entertainment news, and just other things that are going on in my life. I really want to use this platform as something sort of a journal, if you will, um, an audio book of things that I'm going through in my life and things that I'm learning from other people in my life. So uh, I don't want you to miss anything. Hence, missing the point. (laughs) Terrible plug, I know. Again, I really, really appreciate you listening. I hope that I didn't bore you to tears. If it was interesting, please let me know. I will um, try my best to share this on all the platforms that I can think of to reach as many people that I know and that I know have shown support in me building my own podcast and platform. Whatever platform you are listening to this on, if you could rate it or give it a review or or give me any kind of feedback, positive, negative, well, not too negative, don't try it, (laughs) 
but any feedback that's something I could improve on, I'm really open to suggestions at this point. Because like I've said probably 35 times at this point, this is a journey for me that I'm one I'm excited on and one that I'm open to learning and growing with. So that about wraps up episode one, the premiere of Missing the Point. I am your host, Miles David. That is going to wrap it up, folks. Um, You should be listening to some sort of getting us out of the episode type music, and I hope you enjoy it. If you hate it, let me know. If you like it, let me know. Either way, we are going to wrap this up, and I will talk to you guys on the next episode. It's been a blast.